Hi everyone and welcome to our ESG podcast series on the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. I'm Terry Yang, a Managing Associate in the London Financial Regulation Group and today I'm also joined by my colleague Elliot Jack. Hi Terry. Hi Elliot. So in today's episode Elliot and I will be looking at the CSRB's scoping and timing of applications but before we do Elliot perhaps you can start by giving us a quick one-line reminder of the CSRD? Sure. So the CSRD, as the name I think implies, will require firms to conduct sustainability reporting and is coming in to replace what is today known as the Non-Financial Reporting Directive or NFRD. Expanding on this, both in terms of the range of firms being captured, as well as the level of detail that needs to be reported on. Thanks, Elliot. So Starting with a bit of an aerial view on application timing, the plan is for CSRD to be rolled out in a phased manner between 2025 for financial year 2024 through to 2029 for financial year 2028. Now, exactly when you are caught within this time frame will depend on a variety of factors, all of which we're going to be turning to shortly. But this does come with a small health warning, namely that for the purposes of this podcast, we're having to simplify what is actually quite a complicated line of analysis. So for example, there are considerations that span both the entity and consolidated levels. There are certain exemptions that can appear available at first blush, but actually when you get into the weeds of it, turn out to not be available. So in short, there's a great deal of care you need to take under this very critical scoping stage. So please do reach out to us if you're unsure. Now, Elliot, um, I think we'll start with 2025. Why don't you tell us about who is caught in this first stage, please? Yeah, thanks, Terry. So so 2025 is when the ball actually starts rolling and sustainability reporting in relation to financial year 2024 will have to be published by large public interest entities with over 500 employees who are at present subject to the existing NFRD. Now, there are a couple of defined terms used here. So perhaps just to remind listeners Public interest entities. So these are essentially EU entities that fall into at least one of the following buckets. So one, they have securities on a regulated market. Two, they are credit institutions. Three, they are insurance undertakings. Or four, uh, unhelpfully, basically they are any other entity designated by an EU member state as a public interest entity. But also, they must be large, either as an undertaking or as a parent of a large group, primarily by exceeding on their balance sheet date at least two of the following criteria. Balance sheet of Euro 20 million, net turnover of Euro 40 million, and 250 employees on average during the financial year. Although, practically speaking, that limb is overridden by the NFRD's 500 employee requirement that I just mentioned. But where things get interesting, I think, is when it comes to non-EU issuers, because the CSRD, Terry, doesn't just amend the accounting directive, it also amends the transparency directive, which applies to both EU and non-EU entities who have securities listed on a regulated market, provided they are also meeting the large test that I just talked about. Um, There are some exemptions, and we'll come on to those later, but for now, that's 2025 application, Terry, who's up in 2026? 
So reporting in 2026 is actually by comparison a little bit more straightforward in that we're essentially looking at EU undertakings and issuers, be they EU or non-EU issuers, which are large, um, that is either as an undertaking or as a parent of a large group, but are actually not currently subject to NFRB. So that's 2026 in a nutshell. Yep. And then 2027 reporting applies to certain types of EU undertaking and non-EU issuers, which are banks and insurers, but also importantly, to SME undertakings with transferable securities admitted on an EU regulated market, and which are not micro undertakings. So they'll also be in scope. SMEs that are in scope here can defer their reporting until 2028, but if they want to do that, they're going to have to explain why they've chosen to do that in their management report. And lastly, Terry, 2029. Thanks, Elliot. So finally, in 2029 for financial year 2028, the CSRD will bite on third country ultimate parent undertakings via their EU subsidiaries or EU branches, where certain entity size and EU-derived net turnover thresholds are met. And this particular limb um, has been causing quite a headache for a number of our clients so far, acknowledging in particular how onerous it will be to meet CSRD reporting standards now in group-level terms. Yeah, I appreciate there's a lot of complexity here, Terry. And of course, I think we're happy to chat through more of the nuances and practicalities with any listeners who have questions. But perhaps, Terry, before we wrap things up, maybe a word or two from you on some of the exemptions. Sure, Elliot. So the CSRD exemption analysis is, is fiddly, um, especially as we are having to consider these under each of the accounting directives, but also the transparency directives. And two exemptions in particular that I think are worth being mindful of and that we spent a lot of time with our clients looking at. Um, the first is the wholesale debt exemption under the transparency directive, which is primarily useful for those issuers which exclusively have high debt, high denomination debt securities trading on a regulated market. And by high here, we mean a denomination per unit of at least 100,000 euros. Uh, but actually, where the debt securities were admitted to trading before the 31st of December 2010, the threshold here is actually 50,000 euros. And then the second exemption worth briefly mentioning, albeit under the accounting directive this time, is for undertakings which, together with their subs, are included in the consolidated report of their parent entity. Although there's a bit of a hidden carbon here, which you have to be aware of, um, and that essentially says that if you are a large undertaking with transferable securities admitted to trading on a regulated market, then actually you can't rely on this exemption, so you're carved back in. Okay, thanks, Terry. And, and then if you're not exempt, well, then you're going to need to report against the European Sustainability Reporting Standards, or ESRS, that are being developed uh, by EFRAG, for any listeners keeping count of all the acronyms that we're using at home. And these reporting standards are expected to be adopted in June 2023. Now, some of these standards will be cross-cutting and topical, so sector agnostic, whereas others, Terry, are going to be sector specific. And these sector specific ones, I think, have been recently delayed. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer for further information on those. I think actually the key elements of the ESRS will be covered in other podcasts. So listeners should stay tuned for that. Thanks, Elliot. So that's all from us today. A lot of material covered in a very short space of time, I know. So if you have questions, please do reach out to us. And with that, my thanks to Elliot for joining me today. And thanks also to our listeners for tuning in. Until next time, that's goodbye from us. Mm -hmm.